You are listening to the Piedmont Church Podcast. To learn more about Piedmont Church, including our gathering times in Macon, you can visit us online at piedmontchurch.net. Hey, good morning, church. My name's Chris. I'm the pastor here. I'm just so thankful that you came to church with us this morning. I am here in Byron, Georgia, right out, right outside of Macon, just south. I'm at the headquarters, what's called the Byron Area Historical Society. This is an old time jail. You'll see and hear more about that. I think it's called Jailhouse Alley. I'm looking forward to bringing this message to you from Luke chapter seven. We're gonna start off in verse 18. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with me. So it was my freshman year in college. I walk into a world of literature class. I sit down in my class at my, at my desk and I have all my classmates around me and my, my professor walks to the front and he looks at us and he goes, I know some of you come from various religious backgrounds and beliefs and I would imagine that most of you in this room are Christians. So he begins to, to pass out little slips of paper. And on each one of these pieces of paper carries a belief system, a, a story, I should say. And he begins to unpack what he would believe is true. This idea that, that all these different creation or resurrection stories all pre-existed to the story of Jesus. And that really what happened in the Bible and Christianity is that these great writers and these authors and these people put together this system based off of stories that were already told, fabricating the entire system and belief in Jesus. And I, I can remember listening to the outcries of some of the students just completely appalled and shocked and you could see some of their, their faces were losing color because they were in fear and they were in many ways in doubt because here is this very educated, highly motivated person came in guns ready to, to make his thesis statement and why Christianity is just another one of those documents in a, a, a long line of world literature that doesn't really bring any truth outside of a great story and he wants to come and break everybody's system and these people have been building their lives around this system and this belief this idea of who Jesus was and is to them and yet in front of them what they found was possible evidence to debunk the entire thing they were doubting they were struggling have you ever been in a place of doubt in a place of struggle. It might have felt like a prison cell. A prison cell like this. This is what our doubts 
do to us. They put us in a confined space where we feel like there, there may be no way out, where, where the world has closed itself on us and we can no longer see outside of the doubts that surround us. This is a similar place that John the Baptist finds himself in. But it wasn't just a proverbial jail cell. He was in a physical jail cell. See, Herod, Antipas, had taken John as prisoner. And John was awaiting most likely what would be his execution. And as the miracles of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus, as the scriptures say, made its way th known throughout the region and throughout the different places of Jerusalem and Judea, they made their way to John's cell. Now here is John, the man who baptized Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the prophesied one who would come and proclaim and heal and liberate the people of God for the glory of God. And John finds himself in this prison cell. And what the prison cell began to do to him was to cause him to doubt. To cause him to, to doubt who Jesus was because Jesus came to, to, to get rid of the pain, to, to, to liberate his people. And yet here is his primary sent one, the one who paved the way for the ultimate way maker of Jesus, finding himself in a place where he's not even in charge of what food and when he eats this food. See, John is in this prison cell and what it causes him to do is to doubt that Jesus is in fact the Messiah. So John calls a couple of his disciples, as the scriptures say, and he says, hey, hey guys, we, we've heard about what Jesus is doing and what Jesus has done. Look, go ask him if he's the one that has been prophesied, this Messiah who was supposed to come and release us from the bondage of what he would probably say the Roman rule or is he just another prophet is he just another Elijah is he just another person to come and preach this message for us to prepare for another see in that moment what John was doing was he was doubting the faith that was given to him from God he was doubting what he saw see what happens when we doubt we, we, we take away all fact and we only look at the prison walls around us and we only focus on the things and the naysayers and, 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 and the negative in our life. And that's what John is doing. He, he's only thinking about his situation and his moment. He's forgot about God's timeline and God's sovereignty and the control of all things is under his authority and not John's. Remember back to John's situation. John, John baptizes Jesus and what happens when Jesus comes out of the water? Man, the father smiled down and the dove comes down. John's a part of that moment. He he saw miraculous things in the name of Jesus. But because of his circumstances, because of the situations around him, it caused him to doubt. How often do you doubt because of the circumstances around you? Because of the prisons that we find ourselves in. The, the dark places, the places where we go, I don't deserve to be here. 
God? Have you forsaken me? Are you not the way maker? Are you not my Messiah, my savior? I thought you loved me. I thought you cared for me. How could I end up here if you are who you say you are? This is what John says to Jesus. So how can we function in doubt? Because I think what the Holy Spirit is inspiring Luke to write to us in this story, this, this history of what happens to John and, and doubting with Jesus is that number one, the doubts are part of human nature. They're okay. I think there's this, there's this myth sometimes in, in belief that man, we, we can't ever doubt the Lord. Because if we doubt the Lord, then we don't have faith. And if we don't have faith, then, then we're not his child. But right here, you clearly see John the Baptist, who, who is a faithful follower. He's not just a fan. He's not just in it in the good moments, but certainly in, in the bad moments, in the hard moments, there's, there's some moments of struggle. You can see other prophets do this throughout scripture. Jeremiah does it. Elijah does it in, in 1 Kings. Doubts are a part of human nature, but how do we press forward in doubt? How, how do we fix our eyes on the author and the perfecter of our faith and do what he would have us do? I think what Jesus pushes us to see and to realize is the best way to have faith through doubt is to serve as he served. Jesus is our way maker. And even when we doubt all the ways that he makes, he says, follow me and do as I do. So in Luke chapter seven, beginning in verse 18, it says the disciples of John reported all these things to him. These are those, those miracles, right? The, the, this is the, the, the healing of the centurion's servant, the, the, the raising of the widow's son. And it says, and John calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to the Lord saying, are you the one who is to come or, or shall we look for another? And the, when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? This is that moment where they're saying, hey, are, are you the Messiah or are you just a prophet? And look at what Jesus does. Verse 21, in that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits. And on many who were blind, he bestowed sight. That's not just physical thing, but that's a spiritual thing. He, he showed them who he was. I am the Messiah. And he answered them, not only in deed, but then he answers them in word. Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have, give, have been given news and preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. See, in the middle of doubt, what Jesus did is he, he served, he loved, he helped. In the middle of someone else's doubt, Jesus stepped up and said, here is how you overcome it. You witness the kingdom of God at hand. We've been talking about missional communities and what missional communities are in our churches. They are a tangible expression of us living out the Christ following life. 
the, the, the life of a Jesus follower? How can we be the tangible kingdom here and now today? One of the ways that we can do it is in the middle of our doubt, in the middle of our struggles, in the middle of our proverbial prisons, we serve, we love, we lean into each other. We are a family of servant missionaries. Will you serve today? In the middle of your struggles, in the middle of all the reasons why you can't, in the middle of all the reasons why I shouldn't, or you shouldn't, or I can't, I'm too busy, I got this guy going on the other thing, I'm doubting in this place, I'm not even sure about all these different things. Maybe what Jesus is telling you to do is to serve. I had a pastor one time, he said, you know, if you're struggling to, to know what the, the will of God is for your life, do the last thing they told you to do. I think one thing that he's told us all to do. He didn't just say, hey, follow me and, you know, go to church, just sit back. What did he say? He said, go and make disciples, serve, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have reserved. Today, we've got an opportunity for you to follow Jesus. Maybe you're not a follower now. You can take a step forward today and say, hey, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to become a follower. I got a lot of doubts, a lot of struggles, but I'm not going to let those doubts be a prison for me anymore. I'm going to release those bondage to the chain breaker, to the way maker Jesus, and I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to love as he has loved. I'm going to serve as he has served. I'm going to become less so that he can become more. I'm going to entrust him for my future. Maybe you're in Christ and you've been struggling with some things of trusting in God for who he is. My encouragement to you would be to serve. In the back of the room, we've got places and ministries in our churches that need you to step up. In the kids areas, in the treehouse, nursery areas, in the students areas, in the worship team, all sorts of areas in our church need you to serve. If you have a seat at the table here at Piedmont, meaning you're a member, you're someone who said, man, this church is my home, this is, this is my family then you don't really have an option. Like this is what you've committed to, right? Because families serve together. We, we don't just take from each other, but we give to each other. We, we help each other out. We're present, we serve, we give, we connect, and we do it all while striving for excellence for the glory of God. So will you serve? In the middle of doubt, in the middle of struggle, will you serve? Will you follow Jesus and lead as Jesus led? Will you recognize the identity that he's given you in Christ as a family of servant missionaries who lead people to love God, love people, and invest in his kingdom? Let's do it.